Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome to the latest edition of the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. My name is Jeremy Betts, coming to you as always live on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, wherever you can get a live feed, and also this show will show up on audio platforms after its release. I've got a special guest with me today. It's my man, Tate, at Tate Boy Fresh. How you doing, Tate? Welcome to the show. Welcome to the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. Thanks for joining me tonight. We're going to have some fun. Jeremy, what's up, man? Thanks for having me, man. Steelers Q&A, man. I love interacting with the live chat and hearing their perspective and answering questions and hearing their questions and stuff like that, man. So let's yeah. get it, bro. Let's get it. And uh, let's let's start out here by talking a little bit about something that um, just, just came out and is just now happening if you're listening live. Uh, Dave Schofield with the Steel Curtain Network is uh, putting out a uh, breaking news podcast uh, to run about the Steelers' most recent depth chart. So you can check that out. Um, it's going to be going live on all uh, audio platforms uh, after or here in just a little while. Um, Dave Schofield running through that breaking news of the Steelers' latest de- latest depth chart. There are some surprises, so definitely go check that out. We probably won't dive into that too much today. We'll pull it up maybe a little bit, but if you got questions about it, uh, definitely ask those. But go check out Dave Schofield's Breaking News podcast wherever you get your podcasts, only from the Steel Curtain Network. Tate, it's been a crazy weekend. I was at training camp on Saturday, got to see the boys live in action. I got myself a signature. I don't know if you can see that right there. Who is that? That is uh, none other than Braden Mann, the uh, the punter. punter. <laughs> yeah. Right. So, um, so I went with my brother, and get this: uh, Minka Fitzpatrick comes down the hill. 
And nobody, we didn't know he was going to be there. So I, that was my first time seeing him. Comes down the hill and he's signing autographs for everybody. I'm right there on the hillside. And he gets to my brother and he signs his terrible towel and then skips right over my hat. Didn't sign my hat. So my brother wow. got Michael Fitzpatrick. I get myself a Braden Man uh, signature. So, hey, it was fun, though. Got to see the boys. Uh, have you ever been to training camp? Tate, tell us uh, if you've ever been. I've, ne- I've never been to Latrobe. Never been to training camp. Gotcha. It's I would I would I would I would love to I would love to go one year though. I mean, I, that's on my bucket list. But no, I've never been. Gotcha. Yeah, it's a blast, man. It's it's a lot of fun. You get to see the the guys up close. I mean, handshakes with everybody uh, as they come down the hill and just uh, seeing them and seeing them show off, practice, show their skills. I'll tell you this: kind of a kind of an inside information for those who might not have been to camp and seen. Uh, some of the stuff going on there. Um, our first round draft pick, um, this guy is something else. Broderick Jones is an athlete, it, just a big, uh, an athlete in a big boy's body uh, uh, is what I'm telling you right now. He's catching toe tapping passes in the corner of the end zone in warmups before practice. This guy is, is, is throwing 40 yard shots with the football. He can play quarterback. He can play tight end. He can play anything he wanted to. Uh, but this is a big boy. And he's gonna he's gonna be an athlete on the on the edge for us for a long time, blocking those defensive linemen. Hey man, I I, I agree with you. I, I when we first drafted him, I saw some some TikTok clips and stuff like that of him playing basketball. Basketball, yeah. And dude was knocking down threes, going to the hole, dunking on people. I mean, so yeah, he's definitely a complete athlete. I agree with you. 110 percent about what you saw yeah absolutely it's it was impressive to see we'll get to a little bit more of what i saw as we go through but let's start answering some questions right off the top we got one from thomas riley asking how is calvin austin doing in training camp and are they still giving kendrick green more work at fullback i gotta tell you he was one of the highlights of training camp this kendrick green character uh taking uh taking on that fullback role and uh, I saw some clips from today as well, where he is actually carrying the ball through some running back fullback drills and uh, handling some of those types of snaps. And uh, it, it was fun to watch, fun to watch him get involved in that area. Um, Calvin Austin doing very well, uh, making plays. The speed is real. He can get behind the defense very easily. Tate, I wanted to see what your thoughts are about these two guys. And uh, do you think this Kendrick Green work at fullback is kind of Gimmicky or the Steelers actually trying something here? What's going on? I think it's a little bit of both. I think they're trying something. Also think it's gimmicky. But Roosevelt Nix, our our last great fullback, was a defensive defensive tackle before he moved to fullback. So it's been done before. Uh, Ricard for the Ravens, great blocking fullback, like a 300-pound, was also a D tackle before he moved to fullback. So it's been done before. There's precedence there. Um, I don't know if the Steelers with Cam Hayward getting a lot of the, lot of the snaps and what will be fullback when they need it if they want to keep Kendrick Green. But then he adds value because if he's not your your second center, he's a he's an extra center and an extra guard. Even if he's a third guard and third center and a yeah. second fullback, there's value there. So I don't know how it ends up far as the roster goes when it's time to make those final cuts. I don't know. I'm rooting for the guy. I like the idea of, of you running to the left side and you got see a model 
Broderick Jones, who you were just talking about. Let's let's put a inline tight end and put Darnell Jones over there and lead with with Kendrick Green lead Najee Harris through that hole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I like the sound of that. Oh, me Calvin, too. Uh, he, I know he's had a great Friday and Saturday, mm-hmm. um, so he's 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 getting there. I still think he he'll he'll be a he'll be a chess piece. Yeah. We'll use we'll use him to stretch the defense, run some jet sweeps, draw some attention to the defense. But I think Allen Robinson is going to be the the slot receiver to start the season out. But there'll be a role for Calvin Austin. Now I heard he's been doing real good the past three or four days of practice. Yes, absolutely. Um, there are some issues for Calvin Austin with obviously catch radius, but you got, you got to put the ball on him. And, but when it, when you do, he's, he's strong. He fights for that football. He goes and gets it. So, you know, he's got, he's got a lot of traits and I think this is a deep wide receiver room. Like, like you said there um, and you, and you've got guys who can do a little bit of everything. So I'm excited to see where he fits into this. And uh, on the uh, depth chart that just got released, Maybe this is where he makes his biggest impact, Tate, is, is as kick returner, punt returner. He was listed as the first string option there for wow. uh, for the Steelers. So uh, with Gunnar Olszewski, the second option behind him. How about that? Yeah, I mean, but uh, they probably just keep one one of those guys as a kick mm-hmm. return and punt return. Then, then they'll find, they'd find somebody else. I don't think they keep Gunnar because he's the second return specialist. But, yeah. I mean, I like – I like Calvin Austin's Calvin Austin's tape in college of him running kicks and punts back. He's he, we know his speed. He's yeah. explosive and he's elusive. Yes. So I really, I really like, I really like that. That's interesting to hear that he's number one on the depth chart for the, those positions. Very interesting. And I thought Gunnar Olszewski had one of the best uh, camp practices of anyone on Saturday. He moves very quick. He gets in and out of breaks, creates separation. Uh, he caught some tough footballs. I think uh, there's a video going around of him catching one uh, through Joey Porter Jr.'s hands, basically, uh, getting that football, and that was a great play I saw live. And um, just one of those guys moves differently on the football field, and you see that shiftiness. So it was a bit of a surprise to me to see this, although I think Calvin Austin the third, obviously you've got you've got draft uh, capital uh, involved in this guy, and, and you want to see what he can do. So – if it comes down to those two guys uh, for a roster spot, you got to think the upper hand goes to Calvin Austin if he can at least be competitive with with Gunner O as as a kick returner, punt returner. And right now, taking those that first team spot there seems like he might have the upper hand at the roster. Right. No, and I agree with you completely. Um, I mean, much much respect to Gunnar Olszewski. I mean, he yes. was all pro before we got him coming from the Patriots, so we know he can. He can do the job and excel at it. The thing is, I mean, I didn't, I hadn't heard. You just told me, and you, you were, you know, eyewitness that Gunner did very well on offense this weekend. So, yes. I mean, that that's a big thing because if they're even in the kick return game and punt return game, it's going to go to Calvin Austin because then you get to create one more one more slot to pick somebody somewhere else because mm-hmm. Calvin Austin is going to be the fourth receiver. And if he's the kick return specialist, then Gunner probably his his chances of making the fifty three are, are are minimized. 
Yeah, I agree. It It's going to be a tough competition at wide receiver. There's so many guys here. Uh, I got an autograph on my terrible towel. Couldn't find it before I went on the show. I think it's still in my in my backpack from the trip, but I got an autograph from Jordan Bird as well uh, on that. So, um, and he looks, he looks explosive out there. He was catching passes from uh, Tanner Morgan at the end of practice, just kind of working on, on some of his, uh, his breaks at the top of routes. And he's a shifty guy as well. So uh, you've got, you've got guys here, uh, you know, he's kind of listed as another kick return specialist. So, um, so he's listed so Jeremy, as a third string here. So Jeremy, can I ask you a question? Yeah. What way are you leaning for those last few receiver spots? Say, Four, five, six. If, if you think they keep seven and name seven, but four, five, six, sure. which way are you leaning? I think they do keep six, uh, not seven, because they've got other positions they're going to need to keep players at. And I think that they've got, like I said, guys that can do a little bit of everything. So four, I like Calvin Austin. Five, I like Miles Boykin just because of, of what he does on special teams. And um, not to overshadow what he does in, in practice too, a big body receiver. He makes it look easy out there sometimes as well, catching those those jump passes and uh, he caught a real pretty back shoulder ball from Kenny Pickett in practice um, on Saturday as well that I saw. So uh, he's looking good out there, Miles Boykin. And then at number six, it's tough, but I think I'm going to go, oh, man, I think I'm going to go Cody white at this point because he looks good out there as well. So I'm going to give him the, the nod at number six and, uh, but it's going to be interesting to see if they keep one of these, um, one of these other smaller, shiftier guys like Gunnar Olszewski or Jordan Bird as a backup to Calvin Austin as, as a kick returner. If they do that, they probably keep seven wide receivers. Okay, I like that. I mean, we have the same guys. Okay, except for six, I think I lean. I think I lean with Hakeem Hakeem Butler. Okay, I mean, I yeah. like I like I like him backing up the X receiver. I like him backing up Pickens as another big, you know, 50-50 kind of you know size freak speed guy yeah um but i can see why some of those other guys could make it too though but right i do like boykin i do like i do like obviously austin but for that six spot you pick white and i pick butler so i don't okay. know we'll see how it yeah. plays out we will and i'll tell you one thing one of the funniest things to see at camp is big Hakeem Butler wearing number 21. That just doesn't look right yeah. <laughs> out there on the practice field. So if he makes that 53, you can guarantee a number change coming very quickly right. for, for this young man. So, yeah, because 21 is Trey Norwood's number. Trey right? Norwood on defense. Yeah. yeah okay. So yeah. yeah, there's a couple um, double ups right now. So uh, we'll see how it plays out down the road. Here's another question. Uh, this one from regular listener Afton for it, which player that has taken reps at a different position surprised you most i think you have to go with kevin green or uh, kendrick green here uh for me but that's probably the easy answer tate have you have you seen anything kind of kind of can uh I, out of out of the regular that that you like can i take the low-hanging fruit and say connor hayward uh yeah do it i like it <laughs> i mean he's all he's all over the place right i mean yes, he is yep so I would pick that guy, but that, like I said, that's low-hanging fruit. That's me cheating, but I can't think of anybody else, so I'm going yeah. to stick with Connor Hayward. Connor Hayward lined up in the slot as an inline tight end, uh, H-back, and fullback all in practice on Saturday. So All in one practice. Yeah, they're using him everywhere, and he, he was over in backs on backers. He was running routes, um, so he he's doing a lot of, of different things. They want to see what he can do. 
um, in multiple roles this year. Um, I thought it was interesting. Darnell Washington listed as the the fourth tight end in this room right now in the first step chart. So uh, obviously the incumbent guys uh, still taking those, those first couple reps, but he's running with the twos a lot. So I think that you'll see that eventually uh, him make his way up into the yeah, second think, string portion. So I think that's coach T just trying to make him earn some, make feel like he's earning yes. it instead of just giving it to him at the, on the first depth chart. Right. Yeah. They're not going to exactly. give him it, but he, he, he's looked good since the pads have come on. He yes, caught he a he caught a scene pass on uh on Butler over the weekend. Oh, not Butler, Mark Robinson. Mark Robinson, Robinson. Yep, yep. Yeah, for a touchdown. Look really yes. good catching that ball. Big target going down the middle of the field, and that's not even we know about his blocking, right? So if he can make plays in the passing game, he's eventually going to be that be that number two in line tight end. Absolutely. Uh, I'll go ahead and give one other player here, and that's Patrick Peterson. Saw him line up at safety oh, a couple yeah. times, um, slot corner, outside corner. He kind of just goes all over the field too. So um, not necessarily a surprise there, but you see a, a guy with his skill set and experience kind of uh, fitting into the defense, especially with Minka Fitzpatrick. He was there. He was wearing pads. He was in practice gear, but he kind of spent most of his time just uh, mingling around with uh, Terrell Austin and some of the different players and on a knee watching – watching reps. So not fully like not a full participant in practice uh, on Saturday for, for sure. And so I saw him, uh, I saw Patrick Peterson taking reps at different positions. I like probably with I, him moving. I, I like that one too, Jeremy. I mean, that's, that's kind of more low hanging fruit. Cause yeah, Peterson's moving around kind of like yep. my Connor Hayward pick, but yeah. And I'm so excited, man, just to, to piggyback off what you said, bringing up Patrick Peterson off seeing, Minka, Patrick Peterson, and KZ, and Joey Porter's proven himself in camp to be a ball hawk. We're yeah. gonna have ball hawks everywhere in the secondary, man. Yeah, I'm so excited to see what what Terrell Austin and and um Coach Tomlin they do with this defense and moving these pieces <laughs> all around. And you know, at the snap, you see them one one place, and right before the snap, they've all backed out to another position. Yeah, it's it's, it's going to be unique and different. I'm looking forward to that. Oh, me too. And I'm I'm looking forward to this pass rush creating absolute mayhem and havoc up front and letting maybe maybe getting a few more floaters out there for these for these uh ball catching uh secondary players to to go up and get one. So also wanted to mention Joey Porter Jr. looks very comfortable catching footballs. So I think that maybe his production uh interception wise in college had more to do with him being avoided in in recent years than anything, but um, he's, he's looked good catching the football. He's had a couple interceptions. He's had a couple like go through his hands that wide receiver just maybe took away from him where he's in great position, but not quite finishing yet. I think he's going to learn to do that a little bit better. And you see coach Tomlin and, and Terrell Austin and his position coach, defensive backs coach, um, uh, all, all chatting with him and, and talking about hand placement and, and everything like that. So you see the work being put in. And uh, I know he, he was, he got a little banged up on Saturday when I was there. Um, Mike Tomlin said bumps and bruises associated with play. That was basically it. He tripped over somebody's feet, got his feet tangled up and kind of got up a little gimpy, but he came back on and played a couple more snaps. So just probably just giving him a little bit of a rest there. Um, but he's looking good. So 
I wanted to bring up this comment here from, from Gavin Anthony. Uh, I heard the offense was getting blown out in seven shots. The defense is winning a lot of these reps, but I will say this, that um, the offense trying a lot of unique things um, as far as movement and and moving Najee Harris around on the goal line, kind of lobbing it up his way some. Um, and they're trying to really work these jump passes to, to the big receivers on the outside. So that obviously takes time, chemistry building, things like that. So I would say don't be too concerned about that. But also, this is a defense that knows how to play ball. And they know how to, to position themselves. If there's anything that Mike Tomlin and Terrell Austin will – absolutely have these guys uh you know just zeroed in on it is placement and communication and that's what really helps you on a, on defense uh, down that far do you have any any thoughts on this um Tate about the offense kind of maybe struggling here with the defense playing really well yeah I heard I heard the same thing I heard the offense hadn't won a seven shot since Big Ben was a quarterback heard that mm. somewhere this weekend but I before this weekend, this weekend changed everything. The offense yeah. did get some winners on Friday night and Saturday. They did. Um, so, you know, that they're starting to coalesce and come together. And, you know, this is just great B preseason game one Friday night. So, you know, it's plenty of time, at least another three to four weeks to work yeah. on it and become have it become more, more fluid. I mean, you got a lot of guys in their third year in this offense. You talk about Najee, Fryer move, uh, obviously – Kenny Pickett and Pickens. Right. This is Deontay's third year in offense, too. But Kenny Pickett and Pickens, their second year with a lot of playing time. So they have a lot of repetition in this offense. And I think we'll see things. I don't think we'll start slow as we did last year. I think we'll start slow offensively. Then as the season goes on, leading yeah. up to that bye week, and then after the bye week, it should be a well, well-oiled machine. I agree with you. Do you think that's a problem, Tate, if, if the offense struggles a little bit early on? Or do you think the defense is good enough to kind of – let them work their way through that. Yeah, no, I think I think that the, the defense is good enough to allow them to work their way through work work their way through that. Um, the San Francisco defense will be a tough test anyway. That opening game, so I expect yes. that to be a 17-14 kind of game. Yeah. Um, but I think I think what'll be different this year is we'll we'll get more explosive plays because Kenny Pickett will be turned loose. As to where last year we didn't even try it. Right this year. We'll try it, and if we hit one or two in those first three or four games, that's 21 points right there, let's say, off big plays that we weren't getting at all last year. Yeah. And then we'll then we'll still dictate the, the game, the early games with the running game and defense. We'll lean on them and lean into that. And I think we'll be okay. I mean, I'm expecting four and two out the first six at worst, I think. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is a This is an offense that – that will need some time. Like, like you're saying, I really believe that, but what you see from, from them is a, is a willingness to take shots and Kenny Pickett in, in control of the offense. He's back there uh, making calls, making reads and, and his chemistry with Pickens on the outside is really good. They're Teams are going to have to roll safeties over his way a lot, because if you just go one-on-one, Kenny's going to throw that ball a lot. He's going to throw that ball up to George Pickens a lot, and George Pickens is going to come down with it a lot. So um, their teams are going to have to adjust to that. And when you do that, then you leave Deontay Johnson, Allen Robinson, Calvin Austin on islands, and that's not going to work out very well for you either. Deontay Johnson makes 
makes cornerbacks look silly in one-on-one work. So that's it's it's just a good situation for the offense. It's to me, it's if um it's if uh the the offensive coordinator Matt Canada can can call a good game, can make adjustments, and then let the players adjust and 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 make plays. So that's going to be what it comes down to. Let's take a quick break here on the audio side. If you're here with us on YouTube watching, we're not going anywhere. Just a quick audio break, and we'll come back and discuss many more Steelers topics and answer more of your questions on the Steelers Sunday night Q&A. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. All right, welcome back to the Steelers Sunday Night Q&A. It's Jeremy Betts. It's Daniel Tate. How we doing? And I'm so glad that you're you're here joining us tonight. Um, we are talking Steelers training camp. We're talking all the players uh, and, and what we're seeing out there. We're answering your questions. Here's a fun question, Tate, from AJC. Is Calvin Austin going to have the same role as Sims last year? I, I'd like to think so. What what are your thoughts on this one? Well, I think I think he'll do the same thing Sims did, but more. I mean, just just de facto by by he he's he's listed as the 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 kick and punt return specialist. Um, he's doing more. Well, Sims Sims did return punts last year, but uh, I think he he he's just a more explosive piece than Sims. The fact that you know he's bringing we're talking. Yeah. Sub sub four three forty time in there, right? Just that ability. Um, 
he'll he'll offer a little more to the offense in way of in way of scheming things up and stretching the defense and doing a little more. But he will fill that Sims role. Whatever Sims did, Calvin Austin will do that plus some. Yeah, I agree with you. And you know, Steven Sims might have been a more refined pass catcher at at that stage. I know our our guy um, Andrew Wilbar really high on on him throughout his career, but you're right. I just the explosiveness explosiveness of Austin is going to be different <laughs> for this team. So I'm I'm really hoping to see him kind of have the same role, but maybe to make a little bit more out of it and 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 be a little bit more impactful and explosive this year. That would be the best case scenario for the Pittsburgh Steelers, no doubt. Um, there a lot of Calvin Austin talk. I think we we're overlooking uh, some. We're, we're overlooking Deontay Johnson on this offense a little bit. His role is 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 one that he's going to see a lot of targets. He's going to see a lot of usage, and when he does, we're going to see this guy make plays on the football. We're seeing it in camp, and he is just he's just one of these players that you can't overlook. So. Um, definitely something to consider there. Um, I wanted to pop this up. Is Cody White living up to his spring performances? I would say so. Tate, I got to go uh, check on my daughter here real quick, but why don't you answer this question about Cody White, while, and I'll be right back. Okay. Hey, I like – hey, Afton, what's up? I like Cody White. Um, I think Cody White is a, is a great physical receiver. I liked him at Michigan State. Um, and he's been a practice squad guy, I believe, for the past couple of years. Um, I think he's having a really good spring. I've heard a lot of positive things about him. I do think he's still, like, fighting for that sixth spot, and if he doesn't get that, he'll be on the practice squad again, but I don't think the Steelers are letting him go anywhere. I think if he doesn't make the 53, he'll definitely be a practice squad keep. So that's my take on the Cody White thing. Great camp so far doing really, really good things, but we have to see what that leads to. If he can be one of those two or three guys fighting for that one bone for that six spot, that six receiver spot. Yeah. I didn't hear everything you said. I'm sorry about that. But uh, yeah, if, if you're talking about, you know, what his skill set is on the outside, a bigger receiver, obviously, and just the ability to win some jump balls to win some 50, 50 balls and, and make plays. He's not super explosive, but um, he, he's got a lot of work with this team. He knows his offense, and you can see that play out in practice. So I, I like Cody White. I think he's got a real shot at the roster this year. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch him um, watch him play. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I just, I just put him in. He's fighting for that sixth spot. I mean, so, yeah, yeah we kind of agree. Like, you picked him for six, and I picked Hakeem Butler for six. So sure. I think it – but I, I like the, uh, Dez – who am I thinking of? Dez – Oh, let me take a look. I've got receiver. He like him too. Let's see here. Uh, <laughs> there's so many receivers on this team. Let's. I'm trying to find it here. His first name is Des. Uh, oh, Des Fitzpatrick. Des, Des Fitzpatrick. Fitzpatrick. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I like him a lot too. He's a six-two, two hundred ten-pound body receiver that yep. that can get contested catches and catch over the middle and play in the slot. I mean, so yep. yeah, that receiver room is really, really tough, man. It is, yeah. Uh, he looks a little different in wearing that 82 than Steven Sims did last year because much bigger body, much bigger pass catcher uh, right. working the field there. So uh, let's pull up this question. This is a good one from Christopher11. 
what did you guys think of that play when Darnell cooked Robinson? It was impressive. This guy's got some speed for a big dude. Uh, I will say uh, Mark Robinson kind of came back on Saturday, had a, had a really good practice and uh, actually picked off a pass intended for Connor Haywood. Hayward just stole it from him, took it right out of his hands and, and, uh, and took it to the turf. And uh, the defense was absolutely hyped for Mark Robinson taking, taking that interception, but uh, Darnell, looking explosive out there. Um, what What is the ideal situation for the Steelers in regards to Darnell Washington, in your opinion here, uh, Tate, based on this play, uh, based on what we know of him as a blocker? You know, what, what are we looking for out of this guy um, as far as how he can help the Steelers best in 2023? Um, he'll help best with his blocking. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's like his – that's that's where that's where he makes his plate. That's where he eats at, as a blocker. Anything in the receiving game is going to be extra. Yeah. I mean, because I think I mean you don't take away you don't take away uh, targets at Pat Fryer move because of Darnell Washington, and they got a lot of stuff schemed up for Connor Hayward too. Right. So, I mean, I think if 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 he if he's a great blocker, inline blocker. If he gets 30 receptions and two, three touchdowns, I think that's a great rookie season for Darnell Washington because he'll take over full-time next year because Gentry's on a one-year contract. I don't yeah. think Gentry will be with us next year. I think he is this year. Okay. I don't think he'll be with us next year. And then in year two of the of the system, if Canada has a good year this year, Darnell Washington will be a lot more involved as a second tight end. And I think Connor Hay will be more – involved as an H-back in the slot in a move piece. So 30 yeah. receptions, two touchdowns this year, and great blocking is a great season for Darnell Washington from my perspective. Yeah, being a kind of just a red zone beast for them is kind of my ideal situation where he can come in and you don't know if they're going to run the football or throw it, you know, just because he can do either one. And he can be a sixth offensive lineman or he can be your your uh, second tight end in, in 12 – personnel so you know it's 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 a it's a chess piece like we've been like you've been saying all these guys chess pieces for Matt Canada how they use him will be very interesting I'm excited to see uh him in in the red zone play and he does do a good job in that role already in training camp so that's been fun to watch for sure uh Carrie or Kari I'm sorry if I mispronounced it one way or the other but uh asks have any wide receivers disappointed at camp and I'm just going to say no, <laughs> not really. They all look pretty good, uh, especially based on what they're asked to do. And, you know, it. these guys look good, uh, especially the upper tier guys. Allen Robinson looks good. He looks like a part of this offense. Calvin Austin looks good. Um, that's just from my own personal experience um, at training camp. Now, I haven't seen, obviously, multiple days, just one day, but saw these guys working. Uh, Tate, has anybody kind of stood out to you as, kind of been a disappointment maybe we're not hearing as much about him as we hope to at this point during training game. i don't know of any disappointments i think that's why the competition is so tough because everybody's so played so well and been so good i mean obviously we're talking about the top tier guys dj gp uh ar calvin austin yep. and then we get down to where the competition really goes where like we said des fitzpatrick uh white um, Butler, uh, Bird, I mean, Gunner, 
all these guys are really, really good, man. So I haven't been yeah. disappointed in anyone. It's it's probably the the if not the toughest, one of the toughest uh position rooms on the team that's gonna be hard to make a roster spot at those positions. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll pull this up here. Um because this is exactly what I what I wanted to say about this re- in this regard from Russ Obenstein. Cut time is going to be tough. <laughs> He's nailed it right on the head. It's going to be tough. If if this was hard knocks, there would be some some tough behind the scenes moments uh, where coaches going through guys that they're going to have to cut, and um, you know that every player here has has earned the the right to be there. Um, uh, down to Braden Mann. I'll, I'll say this about the guy who signed my hat. Um, this guy booms punts. He he kicks that football, and he he might not look my, like much on the field as far as physical specimen, but um, he's there for a reason. He's got a leg. He was showing it off in camp today during some of the special team sessions uh, off to the side, and uh, I think he's he's actually real good competition for Presley Harvin. Everybody at training camp is there for a reason, and cut time is going to be tough, as I'm sure it always is for these guys. Um, let me turn it over to you, Tate, real quick to just kind of anything that that has been um, standing out to you from the defensive side of the ball as far as training camp goes so far or any expectations that you have for this defense with hopefully healthy players uh, coming into the season. Man, that, that defense is, is it's going to be tough. The, the last comment you just put up is going to be a lot of tough cuts. There, there are. I mean, you yeah. can start with the defensive line. The uh, I think the edge rushers are pretty set. I think those four are pretty set with, obviously, T.J. Highsmith, uh, Marcus Golden, and probably Herbig. I think I think that that's set. But do we know what we're gonna do with the inside linebacker room yet? I mean, I, yeah. I don't know. I think the three guys, the three guys that that they that they brought in, in Holcomb, Roberts, and uh. Quan Alexander, I think they yeah. keep all of them. I know they like Mark Robinson, but is does Mark Robinson play a good special teams? I yeah. don't know. I mean, in the defensive back room, it kind of opened up a little more because Corey Trice Jr. got hurt. I mean, right. so what do we keep there? We obviously we got Pat P. We got we got uh, Joey Joey Porter Jr. Yeah, we got Levi Wallace. But then after that, I mean, who do we keep? Do we yeah. keep Elijah Riley? Do we keep Chandon Sullivan as 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 nickel guys? Right. I mean, does James Pierre make it this year because he's great on special teams? I mean, it's just a lot of tough battles going on everywhere. Yes. I yeah, think J- I think I think the easiest positions on the team are the quarterback position, obviously. Right. I think the running back position has played itself out. I like McFarland yeah. being three, obviously Jalen Warren too. And uh, like I said, the edge room, I think those are the only three rooms we know who the guys might be. Yeah, I tend to agree with you there, uh, especially when you consider, um, you know, Anthony McFarland really kind of showing out at training camp as a receiver, as kind of the speed element that maybe the other two guys don't have that that top end speed, if you will. Jalen Warren definitely has the quickness and and burst he can get to his second gear a little bit faster than maybe Najee Harris does Najee just a a bulldozer out there Uh, but they all have a a role to play and 
Uh, Anthony McFarland will will take snaps as RB three. He'll take snaps in this offense um, on on a game by game basis. Uh, I don't think he's going to not get a helmet on Sundays uh, because he does bring some some chops as a receiver and uh, some red zone acumen there. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out for him. I think I think they'll have plays for McFarland this year. Maybe yeah. not a lot, but I think I think he'll I think he'll he'll touch the ball. Um, let's not forget he played for Canada at Maryland, so Canada is really familiar with with him. You know, and this is his year three in the offense. Even though he's been on the practice squad, this is still year three in the offense he's familiar with, and that's why he's looked so good in camp because he's his his familiarity with the offense, and he's just come with a with with a different type of different type of energy this year. So I look I look for him to be a, a, a secret weapon along with Connor Hayward. I mean, obviously, I like the comps. I've heard a lot yeah. of comps to uh, Jalen Warren and. And Austin Eckler, I like those comps. I really like I really like Jalen Warren. Yeah. I, I, I expect a big year from the running back room, period. I agree. I think they're gonna be featured too. That's gonna be that's gonna be a key to the to the Steelers offensive success, obviously, is this running game. And while we're talking about that, I'll pull this question up from Jennifer Prusser. I'm gonna say Prusser. <laughs> Hopefully I don't mess that up. I'm terrible with names. I've said that before on this show, but uh, thank you for the question, Jennifer. Should we expect the O-line to start off slow while they get used to each other, or should they hit the ground running? What do you think, Tate? I think they hit the ground running, man. I mean, I think I think to get to know each other period was last year with mm. Pat Meyer being a new offensive line coach. Mm. I mean, Pat Meyer's been there for this is his second year now. He's uh, been able to work with all the other guys, the, the right side, with Chooks, with James Daniel, with Mason Cole. Uh, Siamalo is uh, – they – James Daniel just said in an interview the other day after practice that Siamalo has his whole career has a great offensive line coach. He brings a lot of he's bring a brings a lot of knowledge and wisdom to the offensive line room. And I think Broderick Jones and if it's damn more okay, but I think it's gonna be Broderick Jones. If Broderick mm-hmm. Jones just uh, comes in and it shows shows the the want to and ability he showed thus far, and he seems like a, a great a great student. He's yeah. asking questions and he's not he's not full of himself as a first round pick. He has no right. he has he don't have those expectations. He knows he has to earn it. And I like that mentality and that attitude. And he's rooming with Siamalo, a veteran. Yeah. And the guys that are taking him in. So I expect them to hit the ground running. Now, that first game against San Francisco to be tough with Hargrave coming back to town. Yeah. And Nick Bosa and some of the pieces they have in the middle linebacker room and stuff like that. Greenlaw and Werner. It's tough defense. It is. But I think after that game, if they can get through that game, I think they'll start to to gel together. You'll start to see the makings of a what I think is going to be a top 10 offensive line this year. Man, I love that prediction. If that's the case, the, the Steelers will be in good shape, I think. I think they'll definitely hit the ground running as far as the run game goes. That's kind of my my expectation for them is that they'll they'll move people in the run game. I think that's where you can kind of pick off or pick up from where you left off last year. If, if you want to kind of go with like Kenny Pickett was asked a couple, a couple of days ago, maybe a week ago, you know, do you, does any of the success from late last year carry over to this year? And he said he thinks it could a little bit, uh, obviously some of the communication and everything like that specifically, I think this running game can carry over too, because I think 
the the offensive line and and the running game with the with those running backs they kind of found themselves found what they do best and that's just hit holes and and get as much yardage as you can you know what i mean it's no more of this dancing back there like we saw early in the season last year when i think Najee was was trying to make too much happen with a, an offensive line that was unproven i think they definitely hit the ground running in the run game they probably need to work on some communication especially if the rookie Broderick Jones gets in there to start week one, yeah, there's going to need to be some communication as far as pickups, blitzes, and things like that in, in pass pro. So I would expect maybe you see a really good start for the run game, and maybe it takes a couple weeks for the, the pass uh, blocking to get up to speed. But like you said, maybe a top 10 offensive line, definitely top half of the league. This isn't going to be a bottom half of the league O-line this year. The Steelers invested too much into it for that. Uh, to be the case. So I, I like the, the the direction this offensive line is going for sure. Uh, I wanted to bring this up. This is this is a fun discussion here. Um, there were some questions about uh, how many touchdown passes Kenny Pickett's going to throw. We got Mr. Brooks saying we're going to have 30 touchdowns. Book it. That's bold, Tate. Are you on board with this? That's, that is bold, Mr. Brooks. That's probably <laughs> – that's probably my ceiling. I'm somewhere between the floor and the ceiling. I'll say 26 touchdowns. Okay. 12 picks. I think that's a good year. I think 3,400 yards and maybe okay. another two, 250 to 300 rushing. I like that. Um, I think you're going to see hope if the Steelers have their way, I think you definitely see uh, higher touchdown pass numbers. And and not as high of yardage. I don't think he's going to throw for forty two hundred yards or anything crazy. Um, so, but if the Steelers are operating operating as a high efficiency offense where they're scoring, but also shortening games with that run game, then there's not going to be a lot of passing yards out there. But I do think the touchdowns will definitely definitely be up. Um, Ten to twelve picks. I'd be fine with that. I think he's probably going to throw less. I he doesn't seem to be the the guy who's going to just uh, throw up a bunch of, of of balls that are going to be easily intercepted. I think he knows the offense better than that. Single-digit interceptions kind of feels right for Kenny Pickett, but um, that would be that would be really good. And and you know you'd have to rely on these wide receivers to make some plays on the ball instead of defenders. But I think they got the room for that. So I, I'd be I'd be pumped if you get single-digit interceptions and then twenty-plus touchdowns out of Kenny Pickett in year two. Yeah, that would be great. And as as, as I think about it, if, if 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 like you described it, and I like the way you described it, with with the passing yards not maybe being so much, but the offensive efficiency, and if that means finishing some red zone opportunities with some touchdown passes, I think yeah. that's great, and that could be a possibility. Um, so I could go up, take my twenty six up to twenty eight, twenty nine. I like, I kind of, I kind of like that number. That's less than two two touchdown passes a game, obviously, with 17 games. So if it gets between 28 and 29, I think that's good. With like you said, single digit interceptions would be great. I mean, I think I think he learned his lesson last year in the first in his first before the bye, his get whatever games he played before the bye. Yeah. I mean, we think about it, he played great in the second half, one interception, I believe, against the Raiders. And I believe the other interceptions in the first part of the year were like three against the Jets and three against the Dolphins. I mean, yeah. six of those interceptions came in two games where he's young and not really knowing he's just trying – not knowing the speed of the NFL games or what the 
the coverage reads are and all things like that. So I expect a, a big leap for Pickett this year. I would agree there. Um, let's move on to a very interesting topic to kind of close this thing out. Uh, it's back along the, the offensive line uh, discussion. And I wanted to bring this one up because that depth chart came out. Thomas Riley asks, how is Spencer Anderson looking? On the depth chart, Tate, we've got an interesting situation for Spencer Anderson. Um, not listed uh, amongst the tackles uh, as far as depth. Not listed amongst the guards as far as depth. He is actually listed as the fourth string center for this team right now. And that's that's interesting. I know Andrew Wilbar and I talking in the lead up to the draft on the Steelers fix kind of pegged him as maybe an athletic center type that the Steelers might um, be trying to work out there. But seeing him kind of listed there is, is very interesting to me. Um, he looks good. He looks athletic. Um, obviously, this is against um, also third, fourth string guys that he's mostly playing against. But he seems to be holding his own against those guys. And um, I would say probably will look to add some reps. But he's a guy you're going to see a lot of in the preseason so he can make his hay there. Uh, but what do you think about Spencer Anderson kind of landing there in that center spot? Or do you think he's, he's probably going to work his way around here? So my question, Jeremy is if he's four, that means her biggest two. Yep. And Kendrick green is three. Uh, no, actually. So let's see here. So, okay, here you go. It's Mason Cole. It's Kendrick green and then Ryan McCollum, and then Spencer Anderson. That's what the depth chart looks like at center right now. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so Green's the, the number two center right now. I don't know if we believe that. I think that's right. kind, of like, <laughs> kind of like honorary right there because he's been a, he's a third-round pick and been around for this is his third year. I mean, he wasn't even the backup center last year, right? I mean, the right. backup center last year was – we still have Ho- um, Hostenheiser, right? Last an hour. Hassenhauer. Yeah, I believe Hassenhauer, yep. Yeah, okay. So speaking for Spencer Anderson, I like Spencer Anderson. I think I think they may – I mean, he he's my he's my sleeper guy on the O-line just because of his versatility because he played everywhere at the University of Maryland from right side to left side, tackle, guard, center, all across mm-hmm. the line. So I think, I think Pat Meyer and Coach Tomlin like that kind of flexibility. I know the Steelers love flexibility. Right. I mean, if you if you make yourself valuable more than more than one place, you make yourself more valuable. So I like Spencer Anderson. I don't know how he fits in that in that in that center backup center room, but like you said, he'll get to make his hay in the preseason. He'll get a lot right. of reps. He'll yes, get a lot of reps. So yes, he will at, at different positions probably too, as cuts are made or injuries happen. So you'll see him move around. Right, I like him and Herbig because the because of the versatility of both of them. Yeah. I think Kendrick Green, I, who I don't like, is, and I don't know where he's listed, is LaRaven Clark as a tackle. Yeah. I think, I um, think either I think either Dan Moore and, or Broderick Jones would be the, the swing tackle, whichever one doesn't start. Right. I think Spencer Anderson has that flexibility to go all along the line. Herbig has the ability to go along the interior. So I like both those guys. I just don't know how they make it. But I like both those guys over LaRaven Clark and Kendrick Green, myself. Sure. Yeah. LaRaven Clark, um, Afton asked, do you see him making the 53 right now? He's listed as the 
um, back up to Chooks Akorafor on the right side. You just got to kind of fit these guys in here right now on the on the I think, uh, I think on the depth I chart. Think I think that's because so, he's a veteran. He's a veteran, right? He's new with us, but he's a veteran. So I think right. they give him that give him that kind of respect to put him two on the depth chart. But to answer Afton's questions, I don't anticipate him making the fifty three. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there. It, it'll it also this you know w- with him being a veteran, you probably if it's close between him and and a guy like Spencer Anderson, you go with Anderson because he was your draft pick. So um, that is something to to watch there. Um, so uh, a fantastic. There, 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 oh, go ahead. There, there was another guy on the line. I forgot. I can't remember all these guys' names, man. We got. Um, I, I think he was an interior guard. They got they like. William Dunkel. That's who Dunkel. Yeah. I, th- I think they're high on Dunkel because of the mentality and physicality that he brings that he plays with. I don't know if he makes it either, but I'm, I've heard that they like the way he performs and practices. Yeah. I've heard the same thing. Uh, and you know, uh, actually watching him out on the field was very interesting because he is, he is kind of a high, he's a, a ball of energy is what he is. And that's the kind of mentality he brings. And, um, he may not win every rep, but he goes hard every rep. So right. uh, that that was fun to watch for sure out of him at, at training camp. So, uh, man, it's been a fun show talking through offensive line, talking through uh, the rest of the, of the team, uh, training camp and everything. If you're going to make it out to training camp, definitely recommend you do. It's fun to see these guys in action. You get a, a real good, clear uh, view of just some of the skills of these guys and how the offense is coming together. And the defense is such a veteran-led unit. Um, they know what they have to do. They're, they're, the mindset is clear, and they're still studs. T.J. Watt's still a stud. Alex Highsmith, still a stud. Cam Hayward, still a stud. And, and these guys are going to play good football for the Steelers. It's about that young offense. What can they do? What can they bring the, to the table? Uh, any closing thoughts for you, Tate, before we head out of here and uh, let these people get on to their Sunday evening? No, man, I agree with everything you said. It's going to come down to that young offense. I mean, I'm looking forward to watching Larry Ogan Joby come yes. back in the second season and healthy season, second season in the system. I'm, I'm expecting more from him this year. I think Alex Highsmith, the way he changed his body this year, he'll be, a, he'll be better this year than he was last year. I mean, I felt last year like he fed off T.J. Watt. We got most of his sacks when T.J. was on the field. Yes, but I think this year he's going to up his game to a new level. He's still a great player, but I think he's going to be a greater player this year. He won't just lean on TJ. You'll need to try and figure out which of those guys are double team, right? This year, um, that, but no, I mean, go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that'll be a big deal for the Steelers if both of those guys are are forces along the defensive line for the whole season and make offenses have to choose which one they're going to block. I agree completely, hundred percent. Yeah. But, Jeremy, man, thanks for having me on the Sunday night Q&A, man. It's been fun, man. Just want to plug the couple shows that I do on yeah. the Steel Curtain Network, man. Check us out on Wednesday nights with, with the triple OG homie, Shannon White. My boy, Big G. I call him the oxymoron because he's Big G, but he's my little fella, so I call him an oxymoron. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and myself on the Pump Your Breaks podcast on Wednesday night at 830. Yes. And then this Friday, we're really looking forward to this show on Friday, man, because the Steelers' first preseason game is 7 at 7 p.m., mm-hmm. and we're going with the homies right after the show. We're going to have a, right. a, a post-game a post uh, podcast on the homies 
So we probably won't come on to about 10 o'clock is what we're looking at right now. But be sure to check that out. We had a lot of great interaction Friday night. We really love all the Steeler community, man. All the same people, yes. obviously, that are on the shows with us are on the shows with you, Afton and Kari and Gene and everybody. Yeah. Thank you guys for tuning in again tonight and checking us out and watching us. A lot of you were were on my Know It All podcast earlier this evening, 6 o'clock. A lot of you were there, too. So just thanks for all the support and stuff, man. We really appreciate it. I love yes. the Steelers community. I love the Pittsburgh Steelers team. I've been a fan since probably about 1979. Yeah, I'm that old. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, man, thanks for having me, Jeremy. Absolutely. We we'll love to have you back on again anytime. It's been fun. Definitely follow the Steel Curtain Network, Steel C Network on Twitter, and Fans First Sports. Uh, go to fansfirstsports.com for all of your editorial needs as well. We've got Steelers stuff. We've got NFL, football, basketball, hockey, baseball. It's all coming to the Fans First Sports Network and uh, your team coming very soon. So be checking that out on the daily for all of your sports Talk yeah, the, the 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 big guy Dave just let me know the homies might be a different day and time because of the because of the the pregame okay. show, the post game. So maybe those guys gonna do the post game show and, and move the homies to another slot that day. I don't know. Sure, so, sounds like. Stay tuned. More to come from the Steel Curtain Network. Thanks again, Tate, for joining me. Thanks to Definitely. everyone here tonight. Y'all have a great rest of your Sunday and a good week ahead of you. Go Steelers. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.